Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, episode 289. Still not taking a day off. No. <laughs> We're just working straight through from the festival. I drove from Lake Tahoe. I, d- I lived at 6 a.m. to you get this recorded. You lived at 6 a.m. Lake Tahoe. I'm taking a 10.30 p.m. <laughs> flight tonight to go to Australia. Uh, but we're going to get it done. We're going to get it done, mm-hmm. kids. Uh, spoiler app's going to drop this week. Yes. The Podfest app is going to drop next week. It's great. You guys are going to love so it. So buckle the fuck up. <laughs> uh, enjoy. Enjoy, guys. Uh, Our punchy, exhausted episodes. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know how long it would take Chris to drive back, yeah. <laughs> so we didn't book a guest. So <laughs> Yeah, for once, we can't blame it on the guest. No. We're like, we literally didn't book one this time. it was like, I thought about it, and it was like... Uh, yeah, well, if I get stuck in traffic, then yeah. you're going to have an angry guest. Yeah, so uh, it's Chris and I for it's, episode 289. Yeah, it's better that we're angry at the guest than having the guest angry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So should we just pick a guest to be angry at for this episode? <laughs> just pick- How could we narrow it down? Mike Schmidt, a- <laughs> god damn it. Um, so, yeah, uh... How was Lake Tahoe? You know what? It was great. It was really fun. In fact, I stopped at the Museum of Western Film History on the way off of 395. It's all just about cowboys and movies Um, and stuff? Mostly, yeah. And you know what? I took a bunch of um, pictures, and I'm going to start posting them through the Twitter feed because it's a lot of Westerns and old movies that I had never heard of. Oh. And they're these giant vintage movie posters in this uh, museum. It was so great. Where is this museum? It's off of 395. It's in Pine Valley, I believe. Um, your lone, no, Lone Pine, it's oh, called. Oh, right, they have a and, film festival there. Yeah, yeah, you. and, um, you know, it was I was the only one there. You go in, it's five bucks, and it's it's awesome, but it's also a little creepy, because you're the only one in the museum. And then you see that empty alcove where you think, oh, well, that's where they're going to put my body and cover it in wax <laughs> and, and, and put a cowboy hat on me. <laughs> now that I'd go see. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, go see I'd go see a wax mancini with a cowboy hat. <laughs> I just want to see you in a cowboy yeah. hat. <laughs> well, is it New Year's yet? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. So um, it, it was really cool because then it had like a lot of vintage um, Lone Ranger stuff. Like like oh, people right. would donate their own collections to the museum. Like mm. there would be like on loan. So it was all the uh, the toys and like you know, Secret Decoder stuff, the Lone Ranger uh, shows. And it was all movies that shot all or in part in uh, the area. So there was also an Iron Man poster because the first Iron Man was, was shot there. And then some of Star Wars and some of oh, Tremors. Wow. And there was all these uh, kind of weird science fiction things too. And, and they said some of them were even like in development and never got finished, that they shot like parts in there. And uh, uh, But yeah, but there were some crazy Westerns. I'm looking I'm like, oh, I don't I, don't remember any of these so i'm gonna because I, I, so i took pictures of them so I, i'm gonna put them on the twitter feed one by one just to see if you guys have seen them or heard of them because okay. i i think some of them you can't you know they, they don't you can't even find them um but i'm like well maybe this was an independent maybe somebody from locally just shot him like no at the bottom it says like a paramount picture but uh, no, that's so, cool, man. but that was the golden age of westerns, where they literally just right. cranked them out. It was like an Abbott and Costello movie. You know, literally they were oh, you know, cranked out over and over and over again. When I went to college at the University of Arizona in Tucson, Arizona, they have old Tucson there, which is an old western mm-hmm. town um, that they used to shoot a lot of westerns in, mm-hmm. and so they still do like you know shootouts and st- i don't know if it's still there but it was there when i was when i was in college there and so they would do stage shootouts it's like a tourist like attraction yeah, where people a, go oh cool like a wild west stunt uh-huh, show or something yeah. oh, it was neat. really really cool the thing i liked about it too is like this was you could tell this was really an indie museum it's not like some big corporation owned it or anything it was uh it's not like ripley's believe it or not <laughs> you know when you go into one of those it was just it was a local museum celebrating the local movie history that was was shot there um so there was a lot of cool like memorabilia and they had like an old camera and like I said it was all um you know and then people would donate their um collections uh, of memorabilia and it would show sometimes the actors the guns that they would use oh, right. all the prop guns and it was it was really cool it was, it was it was literally in the middle of nowhere you know you're driving up 395 if you stop by uh, Lone Pine and like like you said there's a film festival there too and uh, I think that's in October. October 9th through yeah. the 11th. Yes. It's, it's coming up on the screen it's right the 20, now. <laughs> it's the 26th one. So they've been having a film festival yeah. in Lone Pine for 26 years. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely check it out. And it's a cr- really cool, like, small town, too. It's got, like, mm-hmm. a cool um, vibe, like a Mill Valley, one of right. those places where it has, like, a really cool vibe. And then the film festival just adds to it. Nice. So uh, definitely check it out if you're in the area. 
Um, now let's talk about the movies that we actually saw. All right, let's buddy. talk about Everest. You want to talk about that first? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Now, I found this movie really interesting, uh, but not in a good way at all. Really? You yeah. didn't like it? No, no, I didn't. And uh, I found it was one of those interesting movies that, like, um, got some things right and a lot of things wrong. And and one of the things as I was watching this film, I was wondering, well, why? You know, this has a lot of stars in it. It's mm-hmm. a giant epic story. It's based mm-hmm. on real facts. Why doesn't this have like a huge marketing budget behind mm-hmm. it? And it really felt like is oh, foreign funding, American studios took up distribution, realized the problems with it, and ultimately decided they weren't going to bankroll a, a, a ton of marketing. Because I watched this movie, and there was one thing that really struck me. It really had that foreign feel to it where even when Jay, when um, Josh Brolin's character comes on the screen, right. it's always that interpretation of how Americans act or how, you know, what their dialogue would be. And, of course, some of his first lines were, yep, that's right, I'm a Texan, born and bred, oh, yeah. And they're arrogant, they're loud. Right. Now, granted, this is based in fact for Amer- right. <laughs> for us, but I really want American actors to take it upon themselves and say to foreign directors, say, this isn't really how we act. We're not all like this. Right. Like, why don't you give us some realistic dialogue? And uh, now, as the movie progressed, the, he got a little bit more nuanced. But it's always that, like, oh god, the American character. He's always the one that stands out. He's the selfish, loud, arrogant one. Um, the main problem I had with this film was actually how it was shot. And the reason is because when you have a giant movie about Everest, obviously, you know, there's. Not everyone's going to make it back. That's a given. You're not going to make a movie where everyone goes up to the top and comes back. You're you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. You know there's going to be some complications and some problems. So this movie opened up beautifully. These giant sweeping landscapes and Mm -hmm. these great shots of Nepal. And you see the actors in these locations. I'm like, wow, this, this is really cool. But then as they get to Everest and they start climbing, like, oh, well, that's a soundstage. That's a stage. There's le- the, like the movie, instead of starting small and opening up to this giant sweeping landscape of actually climbing Mount Everest, it started big and got smaller as it shot. I'm like, no, I should be seeing Lord of the Rings type landscapes and these giant helicopter shots in the mountains. And no, I'm seeing um, fake snow and close ups, you know, towards the end of the movie. No, I, I want to see the actual mountain and the actual what's going on. And so it had a lot of technical problems. The other technical problem was the sound mixing. Like you have, um, obviously, if you're on a stage and this is a controlled environment, you have the mixing where I get it, it's windy, but now I can't hear the dialogue because the wind is so high. Um, you know, it, it got lost a little bit. It was it was just a weird, it had some weird technical issues with it. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you have a compelling story and you have some great actors in this, but... It really felt like an amateurish production. It felt like it kind of went through the motions. It didn't really resonate with me. And I was disappointed because I thought it started out of the gate. Great. I was really interested in it because I don't know what it's like to climb Mount Everest. I don't know what training is involved. I don't know what it's like to actually pay for one of these packages and what you go through as a tourist. Right. So all that was really interesting to me. And then I just felt like um, cinematically and storytelling-wise, it kind of fell apart from middle to end. But I but I loved the setup, and I, I thought, you know, I don't think it was any of the actors' fault. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I had a polar opposite reaction Interesting. To I, from the trailers... Mm-hmm. And the poster that says, never let go, mm-hmm. I went into it thinking, this is going to be dumb. <laughs> I went into it thinking, and this yeah. guy directed uh, Ballastar, Cormacour, whatever, he's done Contraband, Two Guns. Yeah, I mean, this is, yeah. So I was like, I thought it was just going to be a lot of like, you know, give me your hands, yes. you're not dying today, <laughs> not on my watch. Like, I thought it was going to be a lot of that crap. Um, there was some. There was some, but... <laughs> But, um, so the stuff, and they shot it, those, um, as they go up there. So, you know, they're at this town, and then they go to this monastery, and the exteriors and everything. Beautiful. It was amazing. It It was amazing. I Mm -hmm. was like, holy shit, I want to... 
I want to go to these places. Just to go to the base camp and yeah. the monastery. I would go just to go there Which to is see at 12, Nepal. 12,000 feet. Right, exactly. You, know? <laughs> you still have to acclimate to there. To the, I know. Mm-hmm. The highest mountain I've ever been on has been about, is I think, Mount Hood. I mean, like, I, I was at the top of, uh, you know, Lake Tahoe. I took the the gondola and then the ski lift all the way up to the top. Which is about 8,000 feet. Yeah, yeah. And I started to feel, oh, I feel kind of out of breath. Dude, <laughs> <You know>? Lake <laughs> Tahoe is at 6,300 feet. The yeah. lake right. is itself. And that's and a then, lot. Yeah, and then you go up from there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so to go up 10,000 more feet. Right. Um, so I wanted to see that. And I like, I like, wow, this looks like a base camp and everything. Yeah. When they got to the peak, it was clearly a soundstage. I forgave that okay. because I went... You couldn't, you can't shoot up. Of there. course, of you course. You couldn't shoot on the peak of any mountain, right? Realistically, right. You just, it's mm. like the moon. You're shooting on the moon. You right. have to just recreate it, right? So that I sort of forgave. Mm. Um, but you don't think it could have been a better use of visual effects and all, all this other stuff? I think was really dropped. The, the, I think the ball was dropped to like make it look more realistic to match the first half of the film. You know, at, it's funny. Usually, I I notice that stuff. A lot. I think mm. I was so drawn in. You you were a little more forgiving. I was a little more forgiving, okay. probably because mm-hmm. I was really drawn in by these because they were real people. Yes, and they were depicted to me. I, I thought they were going to be all these two dimensional stereotypes. Right. Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be the crazy. He's a rebel climber, and you know this is yeah. the Texas. He was the slacker hipster climber. He's the hipster climber. Yeah. It was like I go by my own rules or whatever. Yeah, he's, he's sitting there without a shirt in yeah. the bed base camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I thought it was going to be more of that, but then they. Be- I felt like the characters actually. I, I was drawn in by them, mm-hmm. and they did seem more real. And the thing that I that I liked about it was. There was no big heroics. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. There was the reality of, there is no like, we're going to get you out of here when you're at 25,000 feet and right. your body is shutting down. And you can't get helicopters or anything it's, up there. You're just, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Like, and I, I did like that because, um, and then knowing, you know, that this is this actually happened. And I think, you know, seeing, I think the actors did a good job of just like, physically, I can't do this or I can't go back up there. Right. You know, there isn't enough, like it's, it's so that to me, I, and the thing that I liked was that the director did. And again, I, I, I wasn't like, Oh sweet. Another Baltazar Cormac. <laughs> I was like, Oh boy. The <laughs> thing that I, I think he did quite well was in the scenes that were, and we'll go into it in the spoiler in more detail where something intense happened. There was no big music. There was no slow-mo. It just happened. And that's how it would go down on this fucking mountain that kills people. Yes. And that I really, that I really, I, I really, I really liked. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I saw it in one of my food theaters. Oh, okay. <laughs> Were you um, in a reclining position? I was in a reclining position. I was very comfortable and... I got to say this about the food. There's a problem now that's happened with one of the... This is a sidebar. The two food theaters are the AMC Dine-In 6, which is in Marina Del Rey. Isn't that your favorite one? Not anymore. Oh, dear. And then the Cinemark, which is brand new, which is Mm -hmm. on Jefferson in Playa Del Rey. Okay. So the AMC has now gotten greedy. Mm -hmm. Um, Their ticket prices on the weekends are 20 bucks. So fuck off. Right. Um, And then we're in a drought in California. So they say a lot of restaurants are not giving you water anymore unless you ask for right, it or they're right. even charging you a little bit. Right. Which, so what they, you, when you'd ask for a glass of water at this AMC dine-in in Marina Del Rey, they would hand you a giant glass packed full of ice. So they were already wasting water. Right. Which is not my goddamn fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so now no waters. You have to buy a bottled water. They up the prices on the food. So uh, me and my girlfriend went, it was 60 bucks in food. Forty dollars. That's a hundred dollar goddamn night. Now imagine if you have a sitter too. Yeah, so it's a two hundred dollar <laughs> yeah. night if we were to have a to sitter. watch a movie. So it's like I, we, I when I got the food bill. Usually the food bill is about thirty bucks. Right, right. Twenty, thirty bucks with tip, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And then you know, fifteen bucks for so thirty. So you're about sixty bucks for the whole night for two mm-hmm. people to get dinner and a movie. That's not bad. Right. I get a fifty some dollar thing, then I got to put a tip on it. It's sixty, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Fuck you, man!" Mm-hmm. Like, you want to give me a glass of water and charge me a buck? Right. 
okay, I get it. We're in a drought, but don't mm. make me buy the four dollar and fifty cent right concession bottle concession of water. bottle of water, and then you up the the. The, the fucking tacos used to be 11 bucks. Now they're 16. Mm-hmm. It fucking pissed me off. And so so that that's where we saw Pawn Sacrifice, which we'll talk about. Oh, next. I was going to say, because um, this is where you saw Everest. It still wasn't enough to discolor your, uh, your <laughs> viewing of the film. So we went to go see, we were going to see either Sicario or, um, mm-hmm. or, uh, or Everest. And the times right. lined up for Everest. So then we see Everest at the Cinemark. By the way, Sicario is not really released till this weekend. So that was like a preview screening. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we go to the Cinemark. Mm-hmm. Cinemark, the whole theater is not comfortable seats. They do a balcony that's reserved comfortable seats, and you can bring get food up there. Oh, but only part of the theater. Only part of the theater. So there's only a couple rows. Right. So we get that, though. So now you're in the balcony. You're eye level. Mm-hmm. We order the food. The food's like eight, nine bucks a person. Right. It's 20 bucks for the food. The tickets were like 16. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking much, much better fine experience. night. So AMC, yeah. you, you guys have just gotten greedy. You can suck it. Cinemark's your competition. I'm going to go there every time now. Well, there you go. And that's why I liked Everest. All right. <laughs> that makes perfect sense now. <laughs> but I want to, here's the thing though. Mm-hmm. We were eye level with the movie. Right. And I think that did have an impact in terms of how you viewed it. Uh, I viewed it literally, mm-hmm. and and how I was so engrossed in the wide shots of the mountains and all that stuff you're right. talking about, and mm-hmm. then the fact that the director didn't put a lot of crazy music in. I was seeing right. someone struggling on a mountain, seeing the close right. up of their icy face, right? And I thought that was really cool, and I thought mm-hmm. that really it's it's why I ended up liking this film. We'll get into the spoiler up of the specific okay. things, but all right, well, fair enough. Yeah. Everest, um, you know, bit of a split opinion, but, yeah. uh, you Hashtag know. Split yeah. <laughs> uh, now, Pawn Sacrifice is a movie you saw, too. Now, this is, I didn't realize they made another Bobby Fischer movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw the trailer for this, um, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm, I'm intrigued with the, with the Bobby Fischer story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was directed by um, Edward Zwick. Um, Edward Zwick has, let's bring up his thing on IMDb. He's, uh, done blood. He did blood diamond defiance, love and other drugs. Uh, he did the last samurai, um, and you know, legend of the fall and courage under fire. So I, I, I like this guy. I like, I like, um, you know, not all of his movies are home runs, but I, I liked blood diamond and I really liked, uh, last samurai. So upon sacrifice, Toby Maguire does a good job. Lev Shriver does a good job. Bit of a departure from Last Samurai, by the way. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of departure. <laughs> the problem, and Peter Scar- Sarsgaard is really excellent in this mm. as well. Um, who does he play? He plays the uh, father, Bill Lombardi, who's like a childhood friend of Bobby Fischer, who's oh, also okay. a, 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 sort mm. of his handler. Because what, here's the thing, like... But is he still a little visually off-putting? Yeah. <laughs> He just always has that weird stone yeah. serial killer face. Uh, so there's a lot about Bobby Fischer I didn't know. I knew the broad strokes, that he was mm-hmm. the big chess champion. I knew he was eccentric. I didn't realize that he suffered from like, you know, serious, he had some kind of mental illness, like paranoid delusions. Like he he had some serious stuff. And that right. was kind of what a lot of this was. And there's a scene um, between... Uh, um, Peter Sarsgaard and the other guy who's, I'm, I'm looking for his, uh, I think it's Michael. Yeah, Michael uh, Stuhlbarg, um, who was, um, he, he, you know, he was in Men in Back 3, he was in Hugo, uh, he was in A Serious Man. He's a really interesting character actor. So he played um, another, uh, he was trying to, he's playing Paul Marshall in Paul Sacrifice. So, so, so him and Sarsgaard are sort of Bobby Fischer's handlers mm-hmm. and, and, and dealing with it. So there's all this stuff I didn't realize, which is in the, the chess federation at that time, you had to get funding. The Americans had to get funding. And of course, the Soviet Union was backing uh, Boris Spassky. Of course. So yeah. they had all this money. So that was, was part of the struggle. And, mm-hmm. and, and Bobby Fischer 
was viewed always crazy and he's difficult, but some of his things were legitimate. He's like, so wait a minute, people are paying back then in the late sixties, early seventies, five bucks to see me. It's sold out. I want a part of the gate. Of course. You know, um, and I'm sure, of course he would want that. Not that they would give it to him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course they'd make him feel like an asshole. Right. For exactly. For asking paid. it. Yeah. You're the reason the place is sold out. Um, there's really good acting scenes between all of these people. I wish they would have. I wish I would have seen a little more behind the scenes with Lev Schreiber and the Russians because they were just sort of kept at a distance for a long time. Like, okay. oh, the Russians. And mm-hmm. when we did finally get to see them later in the movie, it was really intriguing, and I, and I wanted to see more. The problems are just sort of from a production value. They used some actual news footage of like. Um, Actual, I forget his name, not Walter Cronkite, but the other guy that was around that era, um, news reporter, uh, showing actual footage of, oh, Bobby Fischer was another no-show today. And it was like, wow. And then they'd intercut other news reporters from other countries that just seemed fake. Oh. <laughs> you know? And it's like they didn't mm-hmm. get the actual BBC footage or whatever. Right, right. So they had to recreate it. They had to recreate it, and it just really stood out to me. And maybe that's right. just me being... Super nitpicky. Well, it might have also been. I mean, we don't we don't know the the full story, but it might have been also like a last minute thing. They couldn't get clearances, sure. and they had to throw them together. Which we understand as yeah, filmmakers. Yeah. That just yeah, like all right, fine. Sometimes. Which I get, and I would I would excuse that if that is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was just little things that sort of sort of stood out. Um, just like little things, scenes on the beach, and it just felt very like staged and. Oh yeah, yeah. Like oh, mm-hmm. they're putting a bunch of extras in 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 costumes to look. You know, it's just like. Well, I think they have another problem too with movies like Searching for Bobby Fisher and any other Bobby Fisher documentary that have also been made. They're like, how do we tell the story differently, and how do we not go over ground that's already been covered? So I think they also had that challenge, and I think sometimes when you try too hard to do that mm-hmm. sometimes the actual story may suffer yeah and i think too what like there was, you know there's they 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 were like bobby fisher is a rock star and they're showing all this like um on times times square like bobby fisher defeat and people going crazy which was like wow you know, right. chess got that big and i remember mm-hmm. as a kid in the 70s how chess was big and my dad mm-hmm. would play it with everybody and right. i learned how to play it um, but then they're like, you know, they, they interview young girls and like, we think Bobby Fisher is great. I'm like, oh, that was shot today. Those, there's no way girls back in the, the talk that way, <laughs> you know, like they just gave them the haircuts. Right. And then had them talk like teenage girls would talk today. Mm-hmm. So just little things like that. That's LOL. Sort of, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Totes adorbs, Bobby yeah. Fisher. So it was just like, there's just little things like that that sort of took me out of the story mm-hmm. every once in a while. But again, there's really, I, I think it's worth seeing in, 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 in terms of uh, acting performances. Oh, okay, great. Uh, and it is intriguing to kind of figure out, um, to get to know a little more about Bobby Fischer and how, again, he was part of the Cold War. You know, that era of like, when we, fought, when we went against the Russians in anything... Everyone got on board and, you know, Henry Kissinger calls him and all this stuff. That chess game was a metaphor. Yeah. It definitely was. Everyone was watching it for, you know, many different reasons. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, it was really, and Tobey Maguire plays a, you know. You know, at, at its most base interpretation, it's, well, which country has superior citizens? Right. I mean, really, it, you, you, you see all that subtext for, with these um, at that time of the Cold War, and it was, you know, it was unbelievable, like how much subtext there was on a chess match. <laughs> yeah, and how whose system is better and right. whose. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it was a, like Rocky Four. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. <laughs> I will break you. I must you. break you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and they, uh, they, you know, they show Rocky. He's like the, the all American guys working out in the snow, yeah. and, and then uh, logs. Yeah, and yes. <laughs> And then uh, Dolph Lundgren is in a lab. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just training in a lab. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's. I think it's worth seeing for some performances, but I think you got to go in knowing that there's just a couple of spots where, like for me, I just sort of got taken out of the movie a little bit. Right. But not not a fail, not a miss, not right. a, not a hashtag leave it. Just, just could have used uh, another pass. Yeah, yeah could have used editing. another pass. <laughs> could have used the other pass. 
Well, uh, let's talk about our sponsor now. Um, It's Touch of Modern again. And I love the sponsor because there's always something new to talk about Mm -hmm. with these guys. It's touchofmodern.com. There's no coupon code. You just go in and you sign up. It's free to join. And there's so many cool things um, to get. And it changes all the time. Like I went on today and uh, they have Bluetooth padlocks. Which is great. Like if you're, you don't have to worry about a key or anything. You can uh, you can open and close the padlock with the uh, with the Bluetooth. You can just swipe, and uh, for you know you go and you're locking your bike up or wherever. That's that's fantastic. They've got uh, this is new. They've got GoPro accessories. They've really got Go Knuckles, which is a pair of brass knuckles that a GoPro attaches to. So I guess when you're just beating the shit out of somebody, you, <laughs> you, you want to record that. Yeah. <laughs> or my guess is obviously it's... That's uh, the favorite uh, accessory for the mob. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to post this on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure, though, it's like you can hold it while you're doing some crazy extreme sport. Then they also have, and I haven't seen this, a motorized panning head. So you can mount a GoPro on this motorized head and do remote filming of whatever you wanted to film. Oh, do like a your own paranormal activity yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> sure, you can when have... you go invade your house, <laughs> yeah. this is where you want to go. You want to go to touchofmodern.com. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I love, too, is they have um, these little posters of states with like um, zombie instructions and zombie <laughs> escape routes, and you could get the one for the state that you live in, and it tells you what to do in case of a zombie apocalypse and where to go. So it's like an escape route for every state. Well, we've both been watching Fear the Walking Dead, so we're obviously this is important information that you need. You're going up to Northern California into one of the uh, state parks is where we're going. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the thing that's cool about this too, and I've already done this with some friends, is I've referred some friends, and then when they get get a little taste, a little taste, Mm -hmm. they make their first purchase. I get twenty bucks. So daddy's building up some credit here. Nice. He might buy me a motorized GoPro to yeah. watch me kill zombies in my backyard. <laughs> you know, you could attach the uh, GoPro, the uh, brass knuckle one, to your um, your katana hand. Yes. And, <laughs> and really, really uh, make an interesting film. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going <laughs> to get GoPro knuckles for your katana hand, guys. <laughs> so that's it. Touchofmodern.com. Done. Um, so one of the things we wanted to talk about too is uh, for PodFest and the live stream. It's still going on. We still have a few weeks left. All the shows are up. All now. the shows are up. Yes, all forty shows and all the panels are up mm-hmm. in the archive. The only thing is not in the archive is earbuds, obviously, and the stand-up show. But yes. every single podcast is up there, uh, so you can still buy it and watch all of them. And everything's and- working. And uh, if you do have a problem, everything's being monitored: the Twitter mm-hmm. feed and and the emails. So um, our Brian Wolf is working on all that stuff, too, if you do have a problem. But most people aren't. Everything's kind of been worked out. Um, it's a great way to see the whole festival and it see... It really is, for sure. And it's still... The the coupon code still applies. You could put in CFN and get five bucks off. You get 20 bucks. 20 bucks gets you the entire festival. The entire festival. And... It's like um, 50 cents a show. It's a, <laughs> that's really? not a bad deal. It's no. Right. It's 50 cents a show. <laughs> so the thing that's cool is uh, Walker Ewell, who does our, our AV and production every year, really did some cool stuff if you haven't seen it yet like put this like red drape and shot what's called a gobo which is basically a lens for the light that has the audible.com logo uh, on it. podfest logo mm-hmm. on it it just really looks slick like every year we try to make it a little bit better a right. little bit cooler and we had um I mean, you know, we, we had Dave Foley. I know, he was hilarious, which too. Which is so funny, it, man. Susie Nakamura, and we did a Q&A on the uh, film, and we had the editor up there with us, too. Tina Imahara was at the editor, Doug Benson was there. And yes, and Doug Benson, too. Surprise uh, drop-in yes. by Joey McIntyre. <laughs> yep, check him out as well towards the end of the Q&A with an excellent question. Excellent question, very um, valuable question. And uh, one of the things we really want to recommend to get the stream, too, is um, so you can see the trailers, like yeah. you know, we're gonna obviously we're gonna release the episode, but you're not gonna be able to see the uh, um, the trailers as we're talking about. Because this is what we we've done this in the past, but and one this, of them's in German. <laughs> thank you to our intern Aaron Bungart. Um Only he could understand. Only he could understand. He's a German intern. Um, but now we've done that in the past. But this 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 live show we did all we did was show trailers and talk about them. Yes. So there's eight trailers on there. Mm-hmm. So we want you to be able to watch them when we release. Be able to watch yep. the, the the trailers while while you listen, uh, which we're going to release that episode next week. 
And, um, you know, definitely some, uh, we had a couple disagreements on the trailers, yes, whether they look good or not. And a lot of fan feedback afterwards yeah. on the uh, disagreements. <laughs> yeah. And um, also, the thing I love doing, too, it's we make it a mix of trailers that you've obviously already seen that you're excited about. And also trailers you may not have seen yet. Yeah, we always try to find a mm-hmm. couple, like, mm-hmm. really obscure. Right. Could Obscure, oh, this could be really cool. And obscure, oh, my God, how did this how, get made? Exactly. And we, they're definitely both there, for uh, sure. <laughs> So it was a lot of fun. Podfest again was a was a blast, and to all you guys that came out, um, it's great seeing you every year, and all the people who came for the first time. As I said in last week's episode, there's a woman who wanted me to do an interview with her in the Squarespace lab, and I got too busy. So please, please email me. Yeah, we were running around a lot this year for it sure. It was a little crazy. It, it was fun. We got to enjoy good. it, but, but it was, we but we definitely had a lot of stuff we were dealing with. And one of the things too is sometimes. When we're running around, we don't have a chance to kind of say hi and talk to everyone the yeah. way we want to. So uh, we weren't blowing anyone off. If we were running around <laughs> crazy, it's because there was something that we had to uh, deal with. But we de- always make it a point to go in the lab. I spent like a fair amount Sunday just in the lab doing shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, it's always fun. And, um, you know, we hope to see all you guys next year, too. Thanks for coming out. Remember, uh, email me, uh, info at uh, comedyfilmers.com, young lady who I owe an interview to, and we'll set up yes. a Skype time. Um, and that goes for me, too. If you guys, uh, I'm, you know, Graham's going to Australia tonight, <laughs> uh, but I'm around for the next uh, couple weeks. So um, I'm happy to do those interviews as well, because one of the things we always said about the lab is, you know, you can get access to the podcasters right. and all the people you wouldn't normally have access to. And we want to extend that to everyone. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, we're around now if we get 200 emails it might be a little more difficult but uh we, we'll, we'll, we'll work time. them in we'll <laughs> um we get to we'll do 199 <laughs> <laughs> we'll piss off one podcaster yeah, we're gonna just pick yeah. one person to go <laughs> yet nope. random yeah you lose asshole yeah. <laughs> you didn't do anything wrong it's just how we roll it's all right <laughs> So, um, one of the other things we wanted to talk about, too, is um, the movie, Earbuds. Uh, We are working on the final cut of it right now, and we're going to start submitting it to festivals. And if you didn't hear, um, we wanted to make sure you guys knew, as far as, like, the surveys will continue to go out periodically over the next year, and the rewards will be delayed a little bit just because of the festival run. We can't send um, downloads and DVDs out um, until the festival run is over. But that does not mean there's anything wrong or no, no. everything. You'll get, so you'll, you'll get them you'll for get sure. Them for They'll for just sure. be a, a little later. Because here's the thing, the strategy with the festivals, just so you guys know. Um, and we said this last week, but but uh, getting them in festivals and maybe winning some awards, if we can get in a couple big festivals, that really helps the film. It helps us get a better deal with distribution. Yes. Uh, which means more people will get to see it, which is, I know, I'm sure you guys, I know you're all anxious to see it, those of you who have not. Um, but, you know, obviously, the better this film is promoted, the more people will see it, and the more your Kickstarter dollar will we'll go. go. Exactly. So just be patient with us, and it'll, we're, we're going to, you know, you, you gave us the money to help make this film right. great, and we want to put it in the best position um, from a business standpoint possible yes. so that it can get the widest distribution possible. And also from a business standpoint, uh, Graham and I are also looking forward to getting um, the money that we've put into the film as well. Believe back. me, <laughs> nobody wants to sell this movie more than Chris yeah. and I. Yeah, but yeah, no one was more disappointed about the delay than us, but yeah. we understood how, why we needed to do we're it. We're like, all right, we'll be patient because it could be yes. more down the road, but believe we were like, let's fucking put this thing on the website and start yeah. selling it yeah. now. Um, but uh, so that's that. So thank you guys for your patience. Um, and thank you to everyone that that saw it at the festival and and came up to us and said you know all those all those cool things how you dug it we appreciate that so what do we got now i got some dvds coming yes, out yes we've got spy and this i've heard good things i this movie i missed when it came out totally I, missed yeah, it yeah i definitely want to see it um, i got people, a lot of flights coming up yeah, i feel you're like gonna i'm going to be able to catch it yeah you you you'll probably have a chance to see all three of these if you like i'm not going to watch uh, Colter, guys are you sure it's a remake how could it be bad <laughs> Oh, horror classic yeah. remake. Boy, is that yeah, how could wrong? it? No, that's. Uh, I'm sure it'll be. Um, oh. it'll, it'll really, really give a new spin to it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. From the Vince Vaughn Psycho yeah. to the <laughs> the remake of The Fog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Oh great. Yeah, it'll be totally worth your time. Um, so and then Entourage the movie, and I remember you saying this, and this was probably the best review. Is like, well, if you like the show, you're going to like the movie. If you weren't into the show, there's no really reason. There's to no see reason. This. There's yeah. no reason. You're going to hate it. Yeah, 
If you didn't watch the show, you're mm. going to be like, this is the dumbest movie ever. Right. This makes no sense. I don't understand I any of these. I hate these people. Yeah. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting any of the in-jokes that they're making oh, from the references. What a dumb life. Yeah. Like everything. Every, you're going to hate everything. If you watch the show and enjoyed it, you'll be like, it's yeah. going to be a blast for you. Right. Um, it's just watching it bigger. Yeah. It's just bigger. It's more, a bigger budget. Um and uh, one of the one of the things we want to talk about is the uh, site spotlight. We added a new writer, um, Tyler Smith from Battleship Pretension, and he has a great uh, review slash column of War Room and um, Christian films and Christian filmmaking. It's it's a really good column. It's really intriguing because mm-hmm. he's he's a Christian and he mm-hmm. talks about even has a separate like Christian podcast. podcast I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the thing I love about him, he's such a film purist, first and foremost. He goes, Christian movies are always bad. He goes, I don't know why they can't put faith and story and- <laughs> Together and, and in one acting. movie. acting. He goes, I don't know why they can't do it. So um, it's it's really intriguing. They used to be able to, Ten Commandments. Yeah. Hey, go for it. Um, so I, I think- uh, Big Hollywood epics based on the Bible. I mean, The Exorcist- yeah, it's, it's good versus evil. That's Technically, good. yeah, a faith movie. <laughs> I mean, so so it's a really interesting column to hear his perspective because he isn't just like I'm a Christian. You should love this, you know. And if you mm-hmm. don't, you're going to hell. It's basically right. it's it's coming from a filmmaker, a film fan uh, point of view, and it's really it's really interesting. And uh, so it's a really it's a good addition to the site. And one of the uh, the next review I want to talk about is Neil's uh, Cooties review. Now Neil was really excited to see this film. And the basic premise is it's a horror comedy about, uh, you know, a school that gets infected food and then it turns the kids into zombies and they have to fight all the elementary school kids that are now zombies, <laughs> like the staff does. So Neil was thinking, well, you know, this is going to be like really push the envelope, balls out horror comedy, because I mean, you're basically you're, you're killing zombie kids, which right. you don't normally see. And uh, he was a little disappointed. He said the movie couldn't find its footing. It couldn't, like, it wasn't funny enough to be a comedy, and it wasn't scary or horrific enough to be a horror. Like, it tried, it, it, he felt like it, it held back on both counts. Ah, that's like, too bad. It, it just, yeah, it couldn't, it couldn't find it um, where it needed to go. So, uh, check out his review. He gets more in depth on it. And I will say, if you're looking for a good horror comedy right now, Blood Sucking Bastards, <laughs> Vampires in the Office. It's, it's Vampires definitely, in the it, we, we talked about it uh, in a previous episode, and it's just so much fun. Um, okay, premiering this week, The Martian. I'm excited to see it. Mm, but with a pause. I, well. And a second pause. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just I'm embarrassed to just full on say, yeah. Yeah. I um, but it, it, I don't know. It looks interesting to me. I like the book. It's, it's intriguing. So. The, I, li- I like Matt Damon. Bas- the, the, as we talked about, yep. he's basically playing the guy from Interstellar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How many times is he going to be stranded on a planet? Yeah. Um, he- here's what I am intrigued about about this movie, and because it's going to be hard science fiction, like we talked mm-hmm. about it on the previous episode, where it's all going to be kind of based in science, in fact. And, you know, the basically, what's the next step? What's the prog- next progression of uh, s- space travel from where we are now? Mm-hmm. Um so that intrigues me. However, I'm worried that it might get too science heavy where you're like watching like a re- somebody do a report on how this would happen and it might lose kind of the compelling storytelling. So if it can straddle that line, I think it's going to be a really cool film. So I'm not sure yet. I, I, I love the trailer. I think it looks really cool. I'm excited to see it. I hope it can kind of get that balance right. Um, and the next is The Walk. This looks interesting. It's based on a true story. It's hashtag JGL. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, walking between the, uh, the the Twin Towers in New York in mm-hmm. the 70s. I kind of vaguely remember this. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like it's, I don't know, it looks decent. Like we're getting into Oscar season now, so there's a lot of good movies coming out. Well, it's also shot in 3D. So it also, it, it's supposed to like be one of those movies that it's shot specifically for 3D to kind of help give you vertigo and put you up on the wire with him. So I, I'm interested to see, like, I wonder if this is going to be kind of like a gravity where you kind of have to see it 
in 3D. Oh, wow, that'd be cool. So, uh, but I, I'm excited about this one, too. And by the way, a little side note, hashtag JGL. I was listening to Thrilling Adventure Hour on the mm-hmm. way. He was in an episode. He played a Nazi. What? And, uh, JG, hashtag JGL was in an episode. He played a Nazi fighting Amelia Earhart through time. Oh, it was hilarious. You got to get him on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so check out The Walk. And now this is the movie that you almost saw in a previous screening, right. Sicaro. Or well, Sicario. It, got, it got released this weekend in L.A. Because mm-hmm. it was at a bunch of screens in L.A. Right. It must guess, be wide released this weekend. Must be wide. Yeah. But it, like, it's doing really well if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes reviews. I want to see it because... Um, first of all, this this Emily Blunt badass. I love. Yeah, I'm yeah. all for it. it. It's one of those trailers too. You look like, oh, this could be amazing, or there's a couple pitfalls it could fall into. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping it's really cool. It was sold out Sunday night, which leads me to believe that the word of mouth on it has kind of gotten out that it right. was good. Oh, good. And I don't know. Me too. I'm also intrigued by that whole thing. Like I I I watched uh, Narco on Netflix, so that's all Pablo Escobar stuff. Right. I watched a Thirty for Thirty. Um, called The Two Escobars, which is about the soccer player for Colombia, mm-hmm. Andres Escobar, and of course, Pablo Escobar. Um, it feels like it's got some feeling of like the movie Traffic. Remember that it movie? Is. It is. Yeah. It feels like kind of a traffic, you know, mm-hmm. drug cartel. Right. Um, but more action. More action. It does, <laughs> for sure. The, the, well, the trailers they're releasing are definitely action heavy. Yeah. Um, so I'm intrigued to see it. It looks good. Uh, I'm. I love Benicio del Toro as some kind of. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Um, that's kind of like his. Uh, um, that's it. Really, his wheelhouse right his, there. It's like is that that character? Like, am I supposed to like this guy? Am I not supposed to like him? Right. What's What's his story? You trust him? You yeah. Don't you don't. Trust don't, him? don't you want to trust him? Yeah. I mean, you don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a great line in the trailer where he's like, uh, it's, it's, "It's something like God." It goes like. Your American ears won't understand it, but you will, <laughs> but soon you will, or something like that. It's just like, oh God, um, it it sounds. It Your sounds American like, nose can't smell properly. <laughs> <laughs> well, because this is the thing that they talk about in a, in a lot of these the, those those other two like as Pablo Escobar things that I mentioned mm-hmm. was, you know. And this was the whole thing I remember in the '90s when war on drugs and all these. Yeah, yeah. And even now with the, the just say no. The Mexican, yeah. <laughs> well, the Mexican cartel, the Mex. It's so evil and dangerous down there. Yeah, because they're we're the fucking assholes buying it. Right. Like we're the problem. Supply and demand. Yeah, and it's mainly wealthy suburban white kids that are buying all this shit. So it's like uh, the the it's like the oil thing. It's almost like. Um, why it looks intriguing to me, it's almost like Syriana in terms of Syriana was just this showing you how complicated the global oil and the, the politics of Won't that. they both Soderbergh movies? Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Traffic and uh, Syriana. Um, I think he was, his name is on, I don't know if he directed both, but his name was on both of them, I think. Yeah, so, so that's the thing that I'm intrigued with is... Um, the and and the drug trade is no is no different you know it has it has its own it's so interwoven and it's mm-hmm. interwoven in these governments and it's interwoven in ours and right. what's the CIA doing you know like all those reports uh you know in the 90s that the CIA was selling crack in 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 America and it's just like oh god so i i'm i'm, I'm it's it's uh, the director is Dennis Villeneuve who did uh enemy prisoners you know, enemy mine. <laughs> yeah, he did enemy mine. <laughs> yeah, he's done some quirky little indie films. I mean, he did that movie. So I'm ex- I'm excited. So see. yeah, it was um so Soderbergh. He, I know he was. Uh, he did he the did Prisoners with uh, Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. That's right, a good right. film. So because I remember Traffic and wasn't the Syriana wasn't I thought that was under his production company. Both yeah. those movies. I don't know. We'll, we'll get an email <laughs> as you check. <laughs> Um, so it, it, it's really, I, I'll tell you, we're finally starting to get out of the dead zone, which is good. Yeah. Um, so now we're, we're, there's many more compelling movies. Yeah. He was, he, Steven Soderbergh was an executive producer on Syriana. Okay. And what was the other movie you asked? Uh, Traffic. About? Uh, no. Oh, all right. Got one of them. Close. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, it's good to see. Now, it's not just these movies, too. Like, if you look at your... No, your he on- directed Traffic. 
Oh, well, there you go. I was right. Direct traffic as the, e, as the EP on Syriana. Um, so what what um, I would do want to mention to you guys, too, if you look at your on-demands right now, like there's a lot of indie movies being released at this time, too. I think what they're trying to do is uh, as the studios release their Oscar fair, there's definitely some indies that are competing for that market as well. And the problem is there was so much time to release these weeks ago you know, when there was literally nothing to watch, it's like, don't, you know, don't backload the year with everything with the good studios of and the good indies, you know, spread them out. So we have time to see everything. Yeah. I don't know why they do this. I don't know why they do. It's th- old model. Yeah. They're so old yeah. business model. Like, oh, no one goes to the movies mm-hmm. during that. You don't know what you're talking about. Right. People will go to the movies if there's good movies there. Mm-hmm. Any time of the year. Yeah. Very true. It's such an easy form and a cool night of entertainment. Especially with On Demand. If there's a cool movie, you know, that, oh, I can't get to the theater um, and I don't want to pay $20 a person, you know, because, you know, two people can watch a movie for, you know, 12 or 16 or whatever the the On Demand price is. Or if it is in a theater, like the last two months, we've been so fucking hot here. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd want to go to an air conditioned movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, and there's a lot of stuff, like I think even Neil saw cuties so like even like the quirky horror movies mm-hmm. and stuff you can watch them on demand so um there is a lot of stuff to see this weekend i'm glad we're finally getting to say that again and that's great now because now the trailers before all these movies are like right now they're like oh now oh, i want to see that looks good that looks good that looks good i'm pumped so um all right well that's our show ladies and gentlemen yes 289 you know put in we, the books. every once in a while it's good to do these just you and yeah, i you know some sometimes them, guests ruin it yeah they run their gaps <laughs> and yeah, they went and yeah. They get it yeah they just god they just talk so much bullshit shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> shut the fuck up they just come here and talk bullshit um so yeah, guys, I'm getting on a plane tonight. I will be yes. in Adelaide, Australia. And I'm getting in a bed tonight. I'm going to sleep <laughs> after. <laughs> I have a 15-hour flight that I'm going to sleep on. Yes. Um, so uh, I will be at, in Adelaide September 30th through October 3rd. If you go to adelaidecomedy.com, you can get the specifics of where I'm at. I think the, the Rhino Room is Friday, Saturday. So I'm going to be hanging out in Adelaide. Um, there's a cool little indie theater next to the Rhino Room. So if anyone wants to go see some movies with me on the road, if you're in Adelaide, hit me up. Well, you're going to see CJ and Dean, right? I'm going to see, well, I'm going to go to Melbourne after that. We're going to mm. do a little business in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Not really performing, but again, if you're in Melbourne, I'll be there the 4th through the 8th of October and uh, want to go see some movies, man. Let's go to some movies on the yeah. road. And then I'll be in Sydney on the... Uh, 8th and 9th, and I fly home on the 10th, and I'm going to see uh, CJ. We're, I'm recording an episode of uh, Movie Land yes. on the mm-hmm. 9th. I'm uh, going to see Dean. So if anyone wants to... Well, s- the 9th, October 9th, Friday morning, I want to go to Bondi Beach, and I want to surf. Yeah. You've so, been talking about that for a long so, time. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't Podfest business to be done in Melbourne. I'd be up in the fucking Gold Coast, and you'd be able to find me. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. We had all this stuff going down. I was thinking, like, is Graham going to come back from Australia? Yeah. <laughs> no, might, might, not, <laughs> might not see you. Might not happen. <laughs> um, so if someone wants to go surfing with me Friday, October 9th in Bondi <laughs> Beach or somewhere outside of Sydney, hit me up or just take me to the beach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then um, you know, just give, leave the number and you'll call when you're done. Yeah, have when I'm pick done, you up. And they have a goddamn smoothie ready <laughs> yeah. when I get out of the water. Like, what am I, a fucking animal? Um, <laughs> A vegan smoothie. Yeah. Um, Uber's not there yet. Yeah. yeah. I think it is, actually. Oh, is it really? Uber isn't there, but I'm, I shouldn't have to pay for that. Yeah. Um, I, so, so, yeah, that's my plan. And then uh, this just got added. I'm headlining the uh, improv in Harris Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada, October 13th through the 18th. Check that out. Um we're going to be then screening earbuds at Squarespace in New York. Oh, but that's not open to the public. Not open to the public. So, haha. <laughs> so, yeah. So, forget we mentioned that. <laughs> we'll be in New York. We'll be in New York, um, yes. And then, uh, where else? I am going, then we're going to be in Tokyo. That is definitely happening. We are screening the film uh, Sunday afternoon, November 1st. In the afternoon, I think around 3. And then that night, I'm going to do stand-up. On November 1st, so we'll be in Tokyo. I'll be there from like October 30th through the 4th. So Andy, Andrea, and Sandy. Uh, see you there. See you there. Want to hang out. Um, when I get the actual, I'll get the the website info from the guy where it's at in, in Tokyo. Um, we're screening in the back room of a bar. 
<laughs> Another preview screening. This is not yes. a premiere. <laughs> no, preview screening. Um, um, but yeah. we will say, though, when we're in New York, we're going to do Keith and the Girl. So you'll hear us on the yeah, episode. Yeah, we'll be on Keith and the That'll Girl. That'll be really cool. Um, and they're going to come to the to the thing at Squarespace to mm-hmm. see themselves in the movie since they're, they're, they're heavily featured. So that's all the tour dates, guys. Um, and then, of course, you know, I'll be in Cambodia and Vietnam in uh, November and Shanghai the first weekend in December. I'll be releasing links to those more and more. You can see all that stuff at GrahamElwood.com. That's our show. That's it. And then we're going to do another spoiler up right right after, and you'll be able to hear that in a couple days. Yes, you will. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for watching the live stream, and thank you for coming to the festival. Yeah, I feel like, too, without a guess, it's like just us kind of talking to you guys directly yeah. it's kind of nice <laughs> it's cool yeah yeah Premiering so the movie at the festival was the coolest thing ever it's amazing it was one of those things that we know in our careers that would be very difficult to replicate because we've got you know all the fans there and it's the one time especially with kickstarter where we're we were screening the film for cast crew and producers and a lot of you were one in the same yeah <laughs> and it's also we were screening it in a room that we were just screening the trailer in a year year ago and actually shooting the movie in a year ago at the same time. So it was really a remarkable I had several, like Todd Glass said this to me, uh, our chiropractor, Dr. Terry said this, (laughs) goes, uh, several people went, do you guys realize what you've done? Like we're so busy and oh, so much. He goes, what you two guys have done, like we raised money for this, we helped get the festival, we premiered the film, like this is huge. This was a huge... Thing was one, you know, I started to think about. It, I was like, "This is one of the bigger moments of my professional career." I yeah, think. me too, for sure. It was it was really awesome, and we really literally could not have done it without you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that preview screening was just it was amazing. It was a um, emotional. Emo- it was emotional for for us too. I mean, we and especially to see you guys react the way you did in a positive way. We were uh, uh, because when you work on a movie for as long as we have, and we're still working on it, you know, you you don't have that detachment anymore. You're like, we got to just have see what people think of it right and just the feedback that you guys gave it was so gracious and it just um you know it just made everything worthwhile so thank you guys again thanks a lot guys all right um that's the episode 289 put it in the book oh one other thing i want to mention real quick is that uh we have a new thrilling adventure hour gift pack in the Mm -hmm. store and it has you get the thrilling adventure hour dvd you get the comedy film nerds guide to movies signed you get a giant thrilling adventure hour pin it was far bigger than i thought it would be (laughs) a work juice pin and you get a signed comic book from those guys now we made a mistake and underpriced it it should have been about 60 bucks it's actually 49.99 but because people have already been buying we're going to keep the lower price so if you guys want it um you're getting more than your money's worth on that item so thanks, guys. Uh, and more merch that we sold at PodFest we'll be putting up on the site. Yes, that's the other thing. We have two new designs for Comedy Film Nerds, the T-shirts. Those will be uh, going up as well probably in the next week or two. Cool. All right, guys. We'll see you out and about. Hopefully, I'll see some of you in Australia. My name is Graham Hill. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.